0: If you're if you're not in the temple room this morning if you're listening in online by radio or telephone you're missing getting to see a goodly portion of Tkg Academy's gurukula representation here welcome to all of you students and you came prepared to take notes I see what is the occasion mother Ritashoi The Learning to give class, really? Uh, do you know how to make an outline? That's one of my essential parts of of giving any any kind of discourse, whether it's a Bhagavatam class or something else. In the morning, I get up early enough to chant my rounds, chant some rounds, got eight rounds done this morning. And then I go from there to my computer. And I open up the text on IO, whatever that means. And I look at the text. I look at the verse that's going to be done today. Uh, the board is not up on the stand, is it? Dharma, could you do us a favor? So I look at, I read the text that I'm going to be giving a class from. And I also open up, I have a... I have a um, um, a form that I use for making an outline. And so I, I give that outline a title and a date. And then I start, I start writing. Actually, the title doesn't have to come first. Title to anything, whether you're writing an essay for school or something else, the title doesn't have to come until the very end after you complete your essay or your poem or whatever it is you're writing. Because how can you give something a title if you don't know for sure what it's going to be about? Anyhow, sometimes I do that. I go ahead and give it a title. So this is what my form looks like, and this is what I bring with me every time I come to give a class. Unless I do as Mother Kunti did the other day and give one extemporaneously. That was Monday, wasn't it, Mother Kunti? Now that takes experience, and not everybody can give a good extemporaneous class extemporaneous means no preparation, off the cuff, so to speak. Mother Kunti has, has had enough experience in Krishna consciousness that she does not have to have an outline. She can speak without. Even uh, tomorrow, Krishna Goswami Maharaj, my spiritual master, Mother Kunti's and Mother Nrita Kishori's spiritual master, um, I have seen some notes that he, he wrote down before he began giving a class. So, before we begin, we will do what is called an invocation. To invoke means to ask. To ask the blessings or to ask the presence of the Supreme Lord. So, that's what we're actually doing when we sing Jayarata Madhava. So, who's going to play Murdunga? Priyatma? Can you do that? Is anyone else skilled at playing Murdunga? I'm not either, but I can I can play these. Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari. Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari. ja shur anandana ranjana ja shur ranjana yamuna Jamuna tira banchare Jai Har Ramar bhangua gora pramananda hari hari Bo Jai Om Pad Paramahamsa Paribhijaka Charja Hasto Tarasatta Sri Srimad Divine Loving Grace. Avaya Charanavinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. Ananta Koti Jai. Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Gaura Premananda Hari Hari Bo. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Guranga. Now, since we've been talking about giving a class, you notice that while I was singing that invocation, Jai Radha Madhava, that I changed my pitch part of the way through. You know why I did that? I wasn't just to make it more interesting. I, I could tell by your voices that it was a little bit of a strain to sing as high as you were singing, so I lowered the pitch of my voice so that you could sing along more comfortably. So when you're giving a class to a group of people, you always have to think about your audience, how they're, how they're responding, you know, if they're having any difficulty. And it's a good idea always to be making eye contact with your audience because if you stop if you stop looking at your audience and you close your eyes and you and you, you kind of dream away into your own world then the audience does a similar thing and you lose them so it's a good idea always to make good strong eye contact with your audience every person in the audience assuming you don't have 450 people sitting in front of you in that, in which case that might be a little difficult. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Narayanam namastritya, naram chayvanarottamam devinsatisvatim nyasantato jayam udirayat. Sing along with me. Nasta praeshwa nityam bhagavata sevaya bhagavatyuttama shloke bhaktir bhavati naishtiki krantarashima bhagavatam ki jai. Who has, who has uh, one of these with you? You know what this is, don't you? All right, I'm checking to see if I have muted mine, and I have not, so I'm going to do that at this point in time. I changed it to vibrate only, so that it doesn't disturb the, the group of people who are sitting and listening. That's another thing you need to keep in mind about your audience whenever you hear cell phones start going off, everybody's attention goes to that place where the cell phone, and this, here's this person, you know, reaching in his pocket trying to get it, or her purse trying to get the cell phone out and cut it off because it's embarrassing. And, so, and it disturbs the entire class that or whatever the presentation is that's being made. So I've, I've turned my cell phone off, and hopefully it will stay turned off. Or at least it'll, it'll vibrate. Another thing we have to do if, if we have eyes that require glasses that sometimes we have to change and use a different pair. And that's what I'm doing now. So the text on the board is from the first canto of the Shemad Bhagavatam. Chapter Five. This chapter is entitled "Narada's Instructions on Srimad Bhagavatam." And does anybody know who Narada Muni is speaking to in this chapter? Have you been keeping up with the classes lately? No, I don't expect you to. Who 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 said? That's not the name of the person to whom Narada Muni is speaking. <laughs> Srila Vyasdev. And what do we know? What's what what is the important thing about to know about Śrīla Lavyasdev? One of the important things to know. He's the author of the Srimad Bhagavatam. He divided the Vedas into four parts, and after having accomplished that amazing feat, which only an empowered representative of God or Krishna could do. Uh, then, uh, then he had. He still felt dissatisfied. Have you ever written something and you weren't really satisfied with it? You didn't think it was good, quite good enough. It didn't make the point. You've had that experience. If you're older, I see some of the older students. That if you're if you're older, sometimes that's the case. You write something for one of your school classes, and after you get it written and you're ready to turn it in, you're thinking, not so good. And that's a good critique of what you've written. So Srila Laviast, brilliant. Nobody on the planet now is of that caliber that they can write as he wrote. And yet, at the after after putting the Vedas into four different uh, sections, uh, what uh, help me remember, Mother Kunti? There's a Samaveda, the Atharvaveda. What else? Yajur, and what's the fourth one? I, I mentioned Atarva. What, what is it? Rig. Yeah, the Rig Veda. So, four parts. Even after uh, uh, sorting the whole uh, the Vedas, a, Vedas is a large, large body of knowledge, and yet uh, he was able to do that for the benefit of the people who were coming in Kali Yuga so that a person, a person had a certain inclination, he could go to this place. another person had another type of inclination, he could go to a different one. But he was still not very satisfied. So Narita Muni came to him, uh, in his, uh, apparently in his cave, I think, up in the Himalayas, and, and uh, approached him and said, uh, I know that you're not, not satisfied with what you're doing. And, uh, of course, Narada Muni is also an empowered jiva. He's like the topmost jiva. He can travel anywhere within this material world, and he can travel anywhere in the spiritual world. And you know who gives him the key to all those places? Krishna. Yeah, so if you're a servant of Krishna, which, you know, most people don't like the idea of being a servant, but if you're a servant, that means you're limited means everybody kind of looks down on you because you're not as important as everybody else, right? Not so with Krishna's servants. If you become a servant of Krishna, everybody looks up to you. Everybody who has a brain in his head, I should say, like that. If they're very intelligent, if they know something about the Vedic literature, they know that if you're a servant of Krishna, you're a very, very important person. And there are no limitations as to what you can do and where you can go. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? So we're we're uh, let's do this first today, and I think we'll start by reading uh each word of the Sanskrit. So you can you can uh, repeat after me please. Amayo Yas Cha Bhutanam jayate, Yena. Suvrata, tad eva ya, I should say, I should say it like this. He amayam dravyam na punati chikitsitam. The C is is always pronounced, as I understand it, as a C H. So it's Chikitsitam. Chikit, Like that. I'm sorry, what's your question? uh, Oh, oh, okay. All right, slight error here. I don't know whether we have the markers here. Okay, so anyhow, that last word is actually pronounced chikit so let's let's read these uh, in poetic form let's read line by line and you can repeat with me please om mayoyascha jayate yena suvrata eva evahyam mayam dravyam Na punati chikitsitam. Notice in the next to the last line uh, that that H Y, even though it's normally pronounced. And and uh, 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 Chandra Prabhu has has spoken about the way things are put together in the Sanskrit language. So I'm I'm expecting him to be my editor here, be my be my referee uh anyhow, so we combine that word, he, with uh, with this next word that comes from it. So it becomes hyamayam, hya like this. So, yamayam that's very good. So let's do it again. Amayo yaschabutanam, bhutanam, jayate Tadeva yam mayam dravyam na punati chikitsitam Let's do it one more time together and then I'm going to ask some of you to chant the verse. All right. Amayo yaschabutanam jayate jena suvrata Tad evahiyamayam dravyam. chikitsitam. Eva 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 One more point that I want to make here uh, regarding the grammar, and I don't know so much uh, grammar. Nathaniel Chandra is a lot more knowledgeable than I am. But the A of it has a line over the top of it. You see, like that first word, amayo, It's pronounced as ah. But if it does not have the line, it's pronounced as the English version we call schwa. And what is anybody know what that what that letter is? If you look in the pronunciation guide in a dictionary, you see the schwa looks like an upside down e, and it's pronounced uh, as in but. It's not pronounced ah. So I don't always make a very clear distinction when I'm chanting the verses, but I just want you to know that because you guys are scholars. All right, who's gonna chant now? Who wants to go first? Uh, my- Deva yamayam dravyam, Napunati chikitam. <coughs> who's the eldest? Amayas
1: Chabutanam, yeah. Amayo Yas Chabutanam, Jayate Jaina Subrata.
0: Wait a minute, say that line again, please, Arjuna. Tadeva-yam-yam-drav-yam na punati ti chikitsitam Very good, Arjuna. amayo yas Yayate dena suvrata. Taene maya da kai vaya. Tare vayam mayam dravyam. Napadat pana da ti 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 sayam. Napunati chikitsitam. Amayo Yascha Bhutanam Jayate Jena Sugata Dareva Yamayam Dravyam Nabunati Chikit Sitam Amayo Yascha Bhutanam Kayate jena surrata Tarivah yamayam dravyam Napunati chikitsitam Any you know other boys? Yes, yes, go ahead. Amayoyastha bhutanam Jayate yena suvrata. Sariva yamayam radyam, Na punati chikitsitam. Very good. All right, girls. Who else? Amayalasya bhutanam. yena suvrata. Tarevayam yamayam dravyam Na punati chikitsitam All right, young girls, gurukuru girls. I should say younger girls. Amayo yastabhutanam Dayate de nasudrata Alright, now I want all the girls to chant together. Alright? Just like line by line, just as we've been doing. All of you chant together. Ready, set, go. Jaya te jena suvrata Tareva yamayam dravyam Nabunati chikitsitam All right, boys, all the boys, ready, set, go. Amayodhyastha bhutanam Jaya te suvrata
1: Tarivayamayam
0: dravyam.
1: Napunati chikitsitam
0: Anyone else among the big people in this room? the people in this room? Nitanachandapu. Ama yo bhutanam.
1: yo
0: Get, someone, is there anyone else who wants to chant? Now we're about to we're about to get into the, the translation. Anybody else want to go for it? All right, that's good. Good chanting. Thank you very much, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. So let's do word for word translations, please. Amayo. Actually, that's uh, it's in the translationing. Down below, it's it's uh, amayaha diseases, ya Yahcha cha whatever, whatever. Uh, bhutanam of the living being, jayati become possible. Jina by the agency. Suvrata. Suvrata, O good soul, tat that eva very he certainly amayam, disease dravyam. And notice that I'm I'm pronouncing these two a's in dravyam. I'm not saying dravyam. No, I'm not saying that. Thank you very much, Sam. Good, good example. Alright, so this, if, when the A does not have the line over, it's, it's pronounced as a U as in but. It, uh, we call that a schwa, uh. So, dravyam thing. Na, does it not. Punati, cure. Chikitsitam, treated with. I thought you changed it, Mother Cuddy. Okay, actually, the last word, Chikitsitum, it should have an IT after the S. Okay, all right, thank you. Translation. Oh, good soul, does not a thing applied therapeutically cure a disease which was caused by that very same thing? So, repeat with me. Oh, good soul, does not a thing applied therapeutically? That's a hard word, isn't it? That's one of those medical terms. We need Jashi Radhe Mata here with us today. She gave class yesterday. Uh, cure, a disease, cure a disease, which was caused by that very same thing. All right, this is a, that was a, a translation by His Divine Grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai. And now we hear a purport that is given by Srila Prabhupada also. Hare Krishna, Mishra Bhagavan Prabhu. Nice to see you here. Purport and an expert physician treats his patient with a therapeutic diet. For example, milk preparation sometimes cause disorder of the bowels in other words it gives you a stomach ache sometimes if you drink too much milk or eat too much ice cream. The very same milk but the very same milk converted into curd and mixed with some other, Remedial ingredients cures such disorders. Similarly, now Prabhupada knew about this because Prabhupada was a physician in his in the early part of his life. not a physician, a pharmacist in the early part of his life. What's a pharmacist called in, in India? Who knows what a pharmacist is called in India? What is it? Kavi I thought that was doctor. But in the the English, then, uh, uh, does anybody know the the word chemist? Sometimes sometimes the pharmacist is called a chemist, because he knows all about combining different kinds of substances to produce the desired effect. Similarly, the threefold miseries of material existence cannot be mitigated by simply... Uh, material activities, threefold miseries. what are they what's what's the term for those three? I'll give you one. atmic, adibotic, aidavi. all right three for three reasons that we have miseries in this material world. Let's see. so such activities have to be spiritualized just as by fire, Iron is made red hot, and thereby the action of fire begins. So, Prabhupada gives the example, he uses that example quite a few times in his writing, that if you put a piece of iron, iron is nothing but something comes from the dirt. You know, certain places has iron ore in it. If you purify it, you get solid iron out of it. And if you take that iron and put it in a hot fire, like a blacksmith does at a, with a forge, you know the guy that makes the uh, the sh- uh, 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 horseshoes and different kinds of things from iron, he can make all kinds of things from iron. But if you put that iron into a really hot fire, that iron takes on the two qualities of fire. What are, what what are the two qualities that fire has? Heat and Light, heat and light. So if you put the iron rod a, or a piece of iron in a fire long enough, then it becomes very much like the fire. It takes on those qualities of fire. So Prabhupada is saying here that if you have something that is material, like, a, like this microphone. Now, what are, what are microphones used for in our society? Amplifying the voice, right? Generally speaking. And so, uh, in a rock concert, you know you have a lot of microphones, and Mr. Bhagwan Prabhu knows about this because he helps to set up concerts, That's that's his livelihood, right? Set up concerts and other kinds of special events, and there are a lot of microphones to be set up, aren't there? And then there's a big board over here, an electronic board that's got slides and switches and stuff on it that control the amount of volume or sound that comes from each one of those microphones. So a microphone can be used in in a very materialistic way, like when politicians give speeches. Or it can be used in a spiritual way, when somebody who who is pretending to be a great spiritual advanced person, like Rupa Nugodas, is is giving giving a class, a Bhagavatam class, to a group of people. So it can be used for both purposes. One is considered to be very material, and the other is considered to be spiritual. So let's read on and see what Prabhupada has to say about this. Such activities, he's talking about such material activities as many people are engaged in, uh, have to be spiritualized, just as by fire, iron is made red hot, and therefore the action of fire begins. Similarly, the material conception of a thing is at once changed as soon as it is put into the service of the Lord. Can you look upon the altar and tell me, uh, what, what you see that is made of material stuff that has been changed by putting it into the service of the Lord? Yes, please. Flowers. Flowers. What else? Flowers. What? Cl- clothes. Am I hearing correctly? All right, what else? Yes, Priyatma. What? String? Yes. For what? Use for what? Opening the curtain? Is that right? Is that what you said? Okay, all right, good. Yeah, also string is also used for Brahman's thread, isn't it? You see, you look at Goranita. you see they have Brahman threads on Mirror. Yeah, so these things are made of, of just material stuff. and there, And everybody has a lot of these things in your own household. And you don't think about them as being something spiritual, do you? But if you're using these things to help you get ready to go to your gurukula so that you can learn some things about Krishna's material world, then you you are actually spiritualizing the mirror, the toothbrush, and whatever else, the, the comb or brush for your hair, and uh, the soap and water that you use, all these things you're using to help you get ready to come to the gurukula, isn't it? So let's go on. We should not try to lord it over material nature, nor should we reject material things. Okay, everyone, our Gurukula is now making their exit. Thank you all very much, boys and girls and ladies, for coming and being with us this morning. It's been a pleasure to have you in here. See you later, kids. Treat your teachers with great respect and love. We'll wait just for a moment until the Gurukula all exits. Well, that was a nice unexpected interlude that we had a bunch of students in here with us. Young, young, little students, a lot of them. Let's read on. That is the secret of spiritual success. We should not try to lord it over the material nature, nor should we we reject material things. The best way to make the best use of a bad bargain is to use everything in relation with the supreme spiritual being. Everything is an emanation from the supreme spirit, and by his inconceivable power, he can convert spirit into matter, And matter into spirit. So everything that we see... I'll stop for a minute and just comment on this. Uh, Everything that we see, everything that we use in this material world... We call it material because we can perceive it with our five senses. But it is actually spiritual in its source. Everybody understand that? And when, when Krishna is ready to wind up this material world... It, it all turns back into his energy and re-enters his huge body known as Mahavishnu or Kar- uh, Karnadakashaya Vishnu. So, all it, 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 in other words, we're not really uh, spiritualizing something. We're just recognizing that it has its source and has its value as spiritual stuff. Spiritual energy. All right. So, therefore, a material thing, so-called, in parentheses, is at once turned into a spiritual force by the great will of the Lord. The necessary condition for such a change is to employ so-called matter in the service of the Spirit. That is the way to treat our material diseases and to elevate ourselves to the spiritual plane where there is no misery, no lamentation, and no fear. In other words, those three things, misery, lamentation, and fear, do not occur in the spiritual world. They're only characteristics of this material world that we're in. When everything is thus employed in the service of the Lord, we can say, I'm sorry, we can experience that there is nothing except the Supreme Brahman. So when we look around us and we're seeing all of these different forms in here, forms of human beings, the form of columns, the form of Garuda, standing up there at the the rear of the temple. When we see all of these things, we should understand that they are coming from the energy of the Supreme Brahman or the Supreme Lord. The Vedic mantra that everything is Brahman is thus realized by us. So that's the end of the purport. Oma timirandasya gananjana salakaya chakchurun militam jena tasmai shri gurave nama shri chaitanya maro vistham savitam jena bhutale svayam rubahakdha mayatadati Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Dutta Padakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavam Sha Sri Rupam Sagadattam Sahakana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savaduttam, Savaduttam Bharidana Sahitam Krishna Chetanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahakana Lalita Sri Vishakan he Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagadpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namo Stute Taptakan Jhana Godangi Radhe Vrindavadeswadi Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpa Tharubhischa Kripa Sindhubhye Vacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Jai Sikrishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siyadvaitakadadha shiva Sadi bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare It's 8.31 now. If anybody has to go, please go ahead. I'm going to try to be as brief as I can in what I've prepared for today. Uh, But if you need to go early, please feel free to do so. So uh, I've entitled our conversation today as rejecting nothing that can be used to serve Krishna. Anything in this material world, if there's some way to use it to serve Krishna, then we should not reject it. Most of the time, though, people use material objects to satisfy their material desires. And the, some examples of that. Uh, anything that pleases the sense of desi- a sense of sight, and uh, and and uh, is is something that we are looking for in this material world. And we also uh, use various things in our desire to be seen by someone else. So uh, th- th- this is an indication. That something is material when it's being used for a materialistic purpose, and then there's always we we're, we're pandering to the desire to touch something uh, when we went especially for us men, sometimes when we see a nice shiny automobile sitting out by the curb, then uh, you know I just kind of want to go up and rub my hands over the nice smooth lines. It's got this beautiful finish. And wonderful paint job on it. And when I see a motorcycle, same thing. You know, I just want to go and look at it. And so these are the kinds of material objects that uh, we satisfy our material desire to see. Then there's also the sense of smell. And this time of year is a really good one for getting out into the open and going around and seeing all kinds of beautiful flowers that are blossoming now. Among which the narcissus is one of the best smelling ones, in my opinion, of, of all flowers that appear at this time of year. And they also are just about the earliest appearing flower that 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 comes up. Now, what can we do with that? Instead of taking it and just and you know picking a bunch of flowers and putting them in a vase and putting them on our in, in at our homes. Uh, to sweeten the fragrance of the air, we just take them and offer to the pictures of the deities or offer them to our deities at home. Or if we have a picture of our spiritual master at home, we can offer to them there. Or we can bring them to the temple here and offer them to the form of Srila Prabhupada sitting on the Vyasasana. Or we can give them to the Pajaris to offer to the deities. So we take those very same little flowers that are so nice to, you know, to personally smell, and instead of smelling them first ourselves, putting them up to our noses, you know, we, we'll pick a big bunch out of them and, and give them in to the Pajaris and say, please make a, a, little, uh, a little bouquet for Radharani to offer to Krishna. And that's a very nice thing to do. Then it satisfies our sense of sight and our sense of smell and then we enjoy so many different kinds of sounds throughout the day there's all kinds of sounds that are available to us and and they're they're in they're passing through this room that we're in right now there are just probably hundreds of radio and television signals that are going through this room right now and if you don't believe it then you just have to have a kind of receiver a radio receiver or a television receiver and you can you can prove it to yourself that they're just coming right through these walls and the only reason we can't perceive them is that we don't have the the senses that are tuned to that kind of frequency so mostly what we can observe with our five senses are limited to the to the we we say the radio spectrum of sound and then uh, there's also the the higher spectrum that's uh, that's uh, light, and so by use of light, then we can see all kinds of things, and so these are the kinds of ways then that we that in the materialistic society this is being done quite frequently, um, that people are always looking for something to give pleasure to their eyes they 're looking for something to smell that that just in, just really appeals to the olfactory lobe of their brains and then and then we want we want to, the sense of touch so even when we walk out the door of the temple and it 's been a very uh, very uh, let's just say it 's been very hot um, inside the temple building and we walk out and then suddenly there 's a cool breeze that blows across our faces and our hands. Then it actually feels good. But of course, if we stay out there very long, then we become very cold, and we want to come back in and experience the sense of touch with with heated air. So these these are the five senses. So now, how do we do what Prabhupada is recommending in this in this purport? We need to change our perceptions of the things that we see and perceive around us, the things we smell, with the feel, we taste instead of instead of just tasting a nice foodstuff it's not going to be too long now before peaches maybe will come into season and uh, already at the grocery store you can get mangoes and you can get cherries and different kinds of things that are really nice to eat so we perceive those then most people perceive them as something that will give me much satisfaction when i eat them i pop them in my mouth and i eat them or i make a pie a nice cherry pie or Blueberry pie, or, or uh, maybe like yesterday, Mother Champaka Lata was making some halibut, and she put blueberries in there and gives it this beautiful kind of purplish color and uh, usually has a little bit of the flavor, although it's a very... Uh, blueberries have a very subtle flavor, very mild flavor, so if you mix them with too much of other stuff, then you won't get the taste of the blueberries. So sometimes, those of you especially who like to eat things that are raw, this is one of those things that you can eat raw and really appreciate them because it's such a nice, subtle flavor. But uh, before we eat them, what do we do? Offer them to Krishna. Offer them to the Supreme Lord. So we have changed the way we look at at uh, foodstuffs, the way we look at things that can be uh, enjoyed ourselves. We We first of all present them to the Supreme Lord saying, My dear Lord, this is your energy. All of these flowers, all of these nice fruits and vegetables that we're consuming have come from your energy. But just like a, a child is given money to buy his father a Christmas present, and he goes out and buys him some funky tie, and the father, when he gets it and opens the present at Christmas time, he's so happy that his child is given this beautiful necktie to wear, which he might or might not ever wear. But nonetheless, the child has taken something that came from the father and is using it to give pleasure to the father, and that's what we're trying to do with Krishna also. So we, um, we, when we change perception, we're talking about uh, changing things to to satisfy the senses of the supreme Lord, and one of those changes that we makes is we make is the change to our appearance we put on different kinds of clothing uh, we fix our we fix our hair ladies fix their hair in a nice way and put it up and so uh, and so then uh, these things are done in order to attract other so we can we can actually attract other people to Krishna by altering our own appearance. Now, for most people, that means that uh, I, just, I just want to get the attention of other people. I, I want to be the best-looking guy that walks into the front door of the party. Or I want to be the best-looking lady. I want all the attention to come to me. And so that kind of is a social status thing. The nicer we can make ourselves appear, and especially then, if we can also get a new automobile or something that looks really nice, uh, then that also helps our appearance, doesn't it? Um, sometimes uh, we we make decisions that um, others would look at us and say, "Well, why did why did you spend so much money on that automobile?" Why, did, why, did, why didn't you get something, why didn't you get a used car like Rupanuga does and uh, and spend maybe, instead of spending, uh, you know, forty fifty thousand, 50000 why don't you just spend a hundred, I mean a few hundred or maybe a, a couple of thousand on an automobile? Well, there's a good reason that some people do make those purchases like that, and they make good financial sense because uh, I was talking to Nityananda Prabhu one time about uh, someone who had bought a... Um, Oh, let's see, it was a really nice car. What, what was it called? It's a sports car that's made in America. And I, said, and I, and I asked him, you know, why, why, why do you suppose this person spent so much money on that? And he says, don't worry. He says, that person spent, you know, so many thousand dollars to purchase this. He'll keep it for five years and enjoy it and drive it and sell it for more money than he paid for it. And that's the nature of that. So that was a financial decision that the first, and so we think, well, that's a greedy thing to do to want to make more money. But then what can you do with money? You can do lots of stuff with money. I mean, our Gurukula is a good place to put money because they're always needing supplies or they're needing repairs to the building. And same thing is true. You can serve the deities. You can help buy the outfits, which are very expensive to buy. And they have to come from the artisans in, in India. Who know how to put together these things with the best of cloth and the best of stitching. So it using the money uh, for what seems to be a very greedy thing might turn out to be a really good a wise investment but we have to be careful about that because if we have the money to spend you know we're making in excess of a hundred thousand dollars for our household then we, it might seem like nothing at all to us to spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars on an automobile. And that might make good economic sense because you can, you might be able to get a lot more back from it than I could from the kind of vehicle that I, that I buy. Matter of fact, by the time I get ready to get rid of a vehicle, it's ready to go to the junkyard. I use it so much. So then uh, we also like to, to avoid Uh, costly, time-consuming repairs. And whether it's our houses or whether it's our automobiles, there is always going to be some repairs and maintenance necessary. What is that that I'm hearing? Okay. For those of you who are listening in, I stopped for a moment because we were getting some sound over our speaker system. And we couldn't figure out what it was, so it's some some interference. As Mother Kunti says coming from from the outside, probably. Okay, so um, there there are reasons that we we might buy what other people would consider to be extravagant, uh, but they can also be used. Those things like a housing. Uh, if a person is able to buy a really nice house with a great big huge uh, living room, then uh, that person can use that to invite 50 people to come over on, for a bhakti rickshaw program. Is that cool? He can use, use that really nice kitchen uh, to prepare some foodstuffs, then to be offered to the Lord and then to be distributed to those persons who come to visit you. Is that alright? Is it okay to buy a nice house like that if you have the means, if you don't have to go into huge debt that, you know, you would struggle to have to repay? So, uh, there, if we have the ability to do that, if we have the money available at our, at at our disposal, then it can make sense to spend a lot of money on certain kinds of things like that. But, Others of us, uh, especially those of us who came to this community back in the uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, uh, we had to learn to be satisfied with whatever was provided by Krishna. In other words, uh, our status in life was not such that we had a lot of money at our disposal, most of us who came, and so uh, we refused to to over-endeavor just for our own personal gain. It just, it, we were discouraged from doing so. Somebody asked our spiritual master, Damal Krishna Goswami, one time, said, Maharaj, what, what, what's the meaning of over-endeavor? And at that time, back in the 80s, we, we, a lot of us were work, working pretty hard to make this uh, community Function because we didn't have that many people at that time in this immediate community, and we did not have a large, bigger congregation from outside the the uh, immediate community, uh, and so we had to we had to do a lot of work. So someone was concerned that uh, the amount of service that they had taken on then was taking up too much time, and it, and so it was making it very difficult for them to. Uh, chant their prescribed number of rounds, and to get enough sleep, and to do all the other things that they had to do. It was very difficult. So somebody asked that question, Maharaj, what what is the uh, what is over Endeavor? And our spiritual master said at that time, he said, anything that interferes with your sadhana. If it interferes with your sadhana, it's over Endeavor. Now he also made the statement at one time that. Emergency service has to be taken up. So if there if there is a special event coming up and it requires you to uh, to get less sleep or to be able or to be able to change your rounds properly, you know uh, the correct number of rounds. Um, uh, I think he was suggesting here that uh, there are times when you may have to do that. You may have to instead of getting all of your rounds done in the morning as is, as is recommended. Um, you can do your Joppa sometime later in the day. Saturut Marais wrote, wrote a little book called Joppa Reform Notebook. And one of his suggestions was, he said, this is what I do. If I can't get my rounds all finished in the morning, I may put them off until the the evening, the late evening, when there's no other demands on my time. And then I can concentrate very well on my rounds so we we have to become a little bit un unapologetic for our position in society if if we have if we have found ourselves not making the kind of money that we could have made had we pursued a professional career or profession of some kind uh, then there's there's a very like good likelihood that we do not have the kinds of Material things, toys, and such—we can't put on the kind of material appearance that other people who have more facility can do so. So, what does what does Krishna encourage us to do? Be satisfied with gain which comes of its own accord. Now, some people have used that statement in the Bhagavad Gita as as the uh, as the justification. For not doing anything, just sitting around waiting, said, "All right, I'm I'm just being satisfied for game comes of its own accord." But it is also said that a man cannot even feed himself without performing some work. So it is necessary for us to perform our duties. And if our party, if our duty is to go out and supply the needs of our family, then we do it, even though we may have to give up something else. We we just do it. So the main thing is that we then that we rec- come to recognize our position not as according to our affluence or our lack of affluence in society, but according to the amount of service that we can do uh, for the Supreme Lord. So we were talking with the Gurukulis earlier today and saying that it's a very fortunate position to be in to be a servant of the Supreme Lord. Ordinarily, a servant is kind of looked down on. This is a lower class person who can't really make it on his own. So he has to work for somebody else. But when it comes to serving the Supreme Lord, we consider that the most exalted position. And if you look and look at Narada Muni, he has been selected to be one of the Panchatattva in the in the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, both in, in the in, uh, in Krishna Lila and in Chaitanya Lila. In, in other words, both ways that Krishna comes into this material world to enlighten people about their, you know, who they are and where they came from and how to get back to the spiritual world, Narada uh, um, Muni is is appearing in both of those pastimes in both in Chaitanya Lila and in Krishna Lila, and and that's that's because he's such a very pure-hearted soul. He's even advising. Shri Livedi as to what he can do to get rid of his anxiety, these feelings, the, he's disgruntled with not, not producing you know what he should have. So Narada Muni comes and tells him, "You got you got to speak, you got to you got to write another book, and it's, this one has got to be entirely about Lord Krishna and his pastimes, and about nothing material." So, what our position then is as a servant of the Supreme Lord. And we regard our wealth or our poverty as coming from Krishna. And I was thinking this morning about, uh, uh, let's see, what was his name? The poor Brahman, um, who was it? Yeah, Sudama? Sudama Vipra, Yeah who who was living an empowered life he was he'd actually uh, spent his early, the early part of his life as a um as, as a classmate in uh uh Sandipani muni's uh, ashram he he was a classmate of lord krishna and Balaram. and yet uh, when he when he came uh, got to be an adult and he got married uh he had so little to eat that sometimes he and his wife would go for a, a day or two without eating anything, just so the kids would have food. And his wife was so concerned that she told him, look, you got, you, you got this friend Krishna, and he, he, he lives in a very palatial place and called Dwaraka. Just go to him and just tell him, can, can he help a little bit? So Sudama was actually, he was very pleased to go and see his old friend Krishna, but he was not pleased to ask him for anything. So instead of asking for anything, he took a, a present to Krishna, which was the only thing he could find. The neighbors contributed a little bit of chipped rice, uh, which is very poor quality food for anybody. And yet uh, when Krishna saw that Sudama had this around his neck, he immediately grabbed it and says, Oh, you brought me a nice present. And so Krishna begins, uh, he takes, he opens the bag that, that Sudama has brought and begins taking out a, a piece of this and putting it in his mouth. But when he starts to put another piece in his mouth, his queen stopped him and said, Rukmini said, no, no, don't do this. He says, if you eat any more, uh, I'll have to become the servant of this Sudama. <laughs> He said, "You have already obligated me to uh, to 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 serve him uh, by just eating one morsel of this chipped rice that you brought." So Krishna then uh, arranged that when Sudama, Sudama, he forgot to ask Krishna what he had come to ask, or what his wife had asked him to come and require request of, of Krishna, and that is, "Can you can you help me out a little bit? We're having trouble feeding our family." He forgot about it. And so he just he accepted the, his position as, as a poor person. And he went back to his home expecting to, uh, you know, tell his wife about all the pleasure that he had had being with Krishna. And how Krishna had sat him, sat him down on his own bedstead and washed his feet in the presence of his queen. And, um, and so even, even though there's so many servants in Krishna's house in Dwarka, uh, still Rukmini won't wants to do that personal service to Krishna, her Lord. Instead of letting her maidservants do it. She will do it herself. And so Krishna finds himself as being the servant of his servant. And he's he's treating him just like he's a, a very special personality who has come to visit him. It's such a wonderful story. And then when Sudama gets back home, he discovers that there's no longer this hovel that he used to live in. That he now now there's a beautiful palace, and his wife is dressed in beautiful clothes, and there's all kinds of beautiful people, like gods and goddesses, walking around the grounds, and and all of this just happened in just a moment, just simply by Krishna's desiring to glorify his devotee. Uh, that's what he did for him, so. It's it's very hard um, sometimes to, uh, to, you know, to accept the position that we're in. But if we accept our position as a platform for teaching others, regardless of whether we have a lot of wealth or whether we have very little wealth, then we can satisfy the Supreme Lord. And we should try very hard to satisfy the advanced persons, the spiritualists in our community because we know that if we we don't have our spiritual master personally present anymore, then there's always some other persons that we can we can serve. How do we serve them? we don't have anything we're pretty we're kind of poor, uh, but there's always something that we can do to help someone else, even if it's just to encourage them in their spiritual lives. We can at least do that much, and then we in turn will get encouragement from those advanced persons in our community that will help us to make further progress as well. So we, whatever platform we have, whether we're impoverished or whether we have lots of wealth, uh, the main thing is that we just change our perspective on it and start using it as a means of serving others to serve, uh, and ultimately is to serve Krishna. So our main purpose is what? To please the guru and Krishna with one's attitude towards one's possessions. So whatever we have at our disposal, whatever we, uh, whatever wealth we have, if we can just simply use it for trying to help other people to make some spiritual progress, then not only is our spiritual master going to be pleased with us, but Krishna will also be pleased because we're helping other people get out of this, this horrible material world and get back into the spiritual world. Hare Krishna. So I think we'll stop here. We're way over time. Having had the pleasure of the Gurukulis, Mother Kunti, there is a microphone right over here. Would you please speak into it? I want others to hear. Push and punch the button. You have to hold right, it. Hi,
1: Krishna. Um, question is, um, you were speaking about the Panchatattva and the identity of Sri Narada Muni within the Panchatattva. And my question is Sri Narada Muni, he actually appeared in the in Chaitanya Leela. So I'm so confused about Sri Acharya and Shivas Takur. I, I, I've heard that Adweta Acharya is Lord Vishnu incarnate and I've heard other things. And and Shivas Pandit as well. Would you help me with that? It, which one is Sri Nardamuni?
0: Nardamuni is Srivas. Sri Shiva's, And uh, that is true. Advaita, Advaita Acharya, uh, some say that his other form is Maha Vishnu, Karanadakshayi Vishnu. And that he comes to, he comes to participate particularly in uh, Krishna's pastimes. As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you remember that uh, uh, that, that in Dwarka there was a Brahmin who who uh, whose wife gave birth to a child and the child died immediately. And so uh, that this happened to I think seven children. They had seven children and every time the the child would the child would die. Jai Krishna. So uh, the, the you know the Brahmin would come and he would complain that the king is not doing his job. He's actually the person who was considered king was Ugrasena, and he's, and so he would complain about Ugrasena. He's not he's not fit to be king. He's not doing his job. Otherwise, how is it possible that my sons would all die like this? And Arjuna tells heard he overheard this man talking when the last child died, the seventh child. And so he said, I will find your sons and return them to you. And he says, if I cannot, then I will enter fire. So Arjuna went all over the universe. He went everywhere he could think of to go. And he could, he could not find them. So he came back and he was prepared to step into the fire. And Krishna says, stop him, said, no, don't do that. And so Krishna said, uh, we will find them. So Krishna took Arjuna on his chariot. He called He called for his uh, charioteer, Daruka. And uh, they went to the planet of Mahavishnu. They went to the place where Mahavishnu was lying on the causal ocean.
1: <clears throat>
0: this is all described in Bhagavatam. And so they brought back the this, the seven children, this Brahman. <clears throat> and it was said, if I remember correctly, that... Uh, Mahavishnu told him that he had stolen away the Brahmana's sons uh, just so Krishna would come and see him. He could see Krishna. He wanted Krishna's darshan. And so the same Mahavishnu then ha- takes his birth uh, 4,500 years later uh, in, as, uh, as uh, uh, Shri Advaita, Advaita Acharya. And he's the one that offered a Tutsi leaf in Ganga water. And loudly called out the names for a Christian to come down and save this age of kali. Thank you very much for that question, Mother we'll Anything? Is there anything else that anyone else would like to bring up, Mother? Uh, yes, Nandini. Well, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! One requirement you have: if you're going to speak, you have to speak in the microphone. Because we have a lot of people listening in sometimes, and they I want to hear who is talking and what you're saying.
1: <laughs> so, um, thank you very much for your class, Rufinuga. It's good to see you and have your association again. I <laughs> you?
0: go. It's good to have you back from uh, Uruguay. We
1: were we were in actually Guatemala. Guatemala, sorry. And up in Colorado for about five days. So, but at any rate. Um, you know, you, you in your closing statement, you just mentioned about this horrible material world. Uh huh. And, um, and, and so that's a very intense statement, and I wonder if it people lis- listening could, because actually, you know, Prabhupada, um, ex- has explained that we have, uh, both in this material happiness and distress and um especially
0: on this planet
1: yes especially on this planet of course there's more happiness in the higher planets and more distress in the lower planets but um you know it's, it's just such a strong word and actually this entire creation is uh from spirit it's from krishna this material creation is from krishna and so i think that if we uh as devotees see Krishna and all of his creation, we can understand that it's a temporary manifestation and that we're passing through. And we have this human form of life which is such a boon to be able to purify our consciousness uh, by the grace of Srila Prabhupada, our spiritual master. But um, there is happiness here. There is joy here. There is bliss here. And there is also suffering here. But I just I don't know about horrific. No,
0: I'll 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 take your instruction on that. That you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, this this world, this planet that we're on, has all the resources necessary for us to lead a wonderful, beautiful life, and to have more happiness than we can imagine. Uh, but unfortunately. I think we're about to see the curtain open again. But now we've also heard it said uh, from Srila Prabhupada that uh, this material world, from the planet of Lord Brahma down to the down to the very lowest pataloka or tapaloka, pataloka. Uh, all are places of suffering and misery. So, uh, we so we understand that there is a there's a mixture, and in this present day and age, in this present day and age, when there is so much sinful activity uh, being committed, being uh, so many activities are so, so very sinful that people are suffering miserably. Um, I, I sometimes go with my friend Radhanath Prabhu. Over to the Veterans Administration Hospital, and and uh, and you know just sitting sitting around and watching the people that come in. These are most these are all vets, you know, from from the wars that America has waged against other countries, um, and they come back here and they've got problems that you know that that vary from some, something that's a very slight physical thing to deep mental problems, PTSD, we're calling it nowadays, post-traumatic stress disorder. And these, these are real painful things to go through. So this, this world can be both a very beautiful place and it can also be a very painful place. But the thing is that we get the reactions that are coming to us, whether it's good or whether it's bad. In either case, it's things that are coming to us. Unless we happen to be devotees, and it, then it is said that as devotees, uh, we we're, Krishna is minimizing the amount of difficulty that we have to undergo, and He only gives to us that which He which He wants us to have in our as far as our reactions, negative reactions, concerned. He only gives us the amount necessary to turn our heads back toward Him. So, uh, somebody once gave a class not too long ago in here, and, and, and they said that Shimati Radharani was asked the question, what is the most valuable thing in this material world? You know what she said? Suffering. Suffering. Well, Kunti says that also. Yes, Queen Kunti also. Yes, Queen Kunti says, "Yeah, just bring it on, bring it on," because she's talking to Krishna. Uh, says the the more we the more we have to face these difficult situations, and she faced situations that were more difficult than anything that we could imagine. You know, bringing up her son in an antagonistic society, having people trying to kill her sons all the time not giving them the proper respect, not giving Yudhisthira the, the respect that he deserved, uh, being the son of Yamaraj and, and being specifically born to be the administrator of the entire world. Um, so these were difficult times, but Queen Kunti also uh, wanted them to continue because she said, whenever we feel these difficulties, then we feel ourselves coming closer to you. Or we feel you coming closer to us. So it depends on what we do with it, doesn't it? Absolutely. Just like just like there are certain medicines that we can take when we're feeling bad, when we're sick, we've got a fever or something. uh, we take the right number of the right number of tablets or the right dosage of liquid and 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 it can mitigate the suffering that we have to endure. But if we take, you know, if we turn the whole bottle up and take, say we take uh, 20 of those tablets instead of two, or, or we drink drink the entire bottle of whatever the liquid is instead of taking three tablespoons, then we, we find you know, it may kill us. It may end our life. So it depends on what we do with what has been given us by the Supreme Lord. Yeah, Anything else before we... All right, I, I wish to thank everyone who has been with us here in the temple facility, uh, for all of you who are listening in online or by radio or telephone. And once again, I'd like to say to Mother Shukshma Rupini that I'm still thinking about you out there on the road, and I'm hoping that you're being safe. But to all the rest of you, Vaishnava devotees of the Lord, we offer our respectful obeisances. Because you fulfill the desires of everyone, you're full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Vanchakalpatarubyascha Kripastanabhya eva cha Patitanam bhavanabhyo Vaishnava namah Anantakoti Vaishnavrinda ki jai Shila Prabhupada ki jai Semat Bhagavatam ki jai Sisi Radha Kalachanjidam ki jai Gora Praimananda Hari Hari Bo Everybody go out and have a good day. Hare Krishna.